Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. Rob Pitts. Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? Richard Hoskins. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I feel like, what's, what was that? That was, uh, what was the guy? What was the show that was from? I think it was actually. Think the it was show. called What's Happening. <laughs> what's I think happening? it was called What's Happening. It was Rerun. What's that's happening? Right, that's right. That's right. It's a rerun. The guy with the big red hat. You don't know nothing that, about that. No, it sounds like some crap from the 80s. Yeah, it is. And actually, we're talking about the 80s. And we're talking about uh, how iconic. We're trying to explain to Odd Rod. Ah, uh, the 80s. There were such fine times for me. Yeah, then you I came was born. along. <laughs> yeah, you, you were born in 1989. The last five days of the 80s. I mean, the greatest five oh, days of the 80s. Actually, I think that's when it started sucking. Robert's crying all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was crying. We heard that all the way from through. Michigan. I was crying trying to get through the eighties. It was a terrible time. I won't tell you the, but the eighties was a magical time for cars. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> I guess you, I guess you just had to live through it, be a child of the eighties. But the thing that was cool about these cars, though, I mean, and like me and Richard were talking about over the break while we were listening to the news, is that uh, that. These cars, I mean, we grew up wanting these cars, and I mean, you had the the, the, the third gen. Com- I want to tell you something: third gen Camaros and Trans Ams and Firebirds—they were sexy cars. You know, I, and I've owned an '88 Camaro, and, and I agree with that. It's a sexy car, but it's still an '80s car, man. Coming from a man that drives a '91 Caprice, yeah, it's '90s. It's totally different time. It's a station wagon. I will take any 88 V6 Camaro over a 91 Capri station wagon. You're retarded at best. I'm telling you, you're killing me. At least the car looks like a sports car. That's not the point. The station wagon is always a station wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. The station wagon is like the fat chick with a good personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, man, don't look too good. Yeah, but she's got a heart of gold. It's very versatile. I've seen you with that girl before. You calm down. <laughs> you probably have. <laughs> hey, hey, we have slow nights from time to time. You know what I'm saying? But oh god. Anyway, back to the story at hand. We're talking about third gen Camaros and Firebirds right here. And Richard touched on something. You know, you got to think about it. the early '80s. You know, '82, '83, '84 Crossfire injection. These weren't your big performers. But like I said, 1985 with that tune port fuel injection coming out. That was a sexy But you know engine. what? They weren't big performers, but they were actually good and quick cars of their times. The Crossfire injection cars were, were not very desirable at all. I mean, well, once given you had nothing else to compare it to, it was it was impressive compared to a, a carbureted small block from a 79 Camaro. But when the tune port, inject, tune, tune port fuel injection came out, totally changed these cars. Crossfire was the baddest thing going for the first half of 82. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's no different than saying in 93 when you bought your Caprice with a 305 and then the 94 with the LT1 came out. 
Well, yeah. actually, it wasn't an LT, LT1. It was a steelhead LT1-style engine, though, right? No, it was LT1. It wasn't aluminum heads? Don't matter. It's still LT1. I've always heard it called an LT1, but yeah, it's, 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 it's still LT1. Yeah, but I'm like, just saying, you know, the car is basically the same. I mean, you had nothing to compare it to in 93, just like the Camaros back then. You had nothing to compare them to until well, the tune port came out. Then, yeah, yeah it's going to be a more desirable but car. But I'll tell you what, there was way more powerful engines than the tune port. Oh, yeah. Well, how, I mean. How about the turbo GTAs? I'm, I may be wrong. I think that was the fastest stock Trans Am or F body that they made up until the end of the fourth gen. Uh, I think uh, they're probably pretty neck and neck with like a 2002 SS. I mean, and this is, we're talking about a car that was made in 1988. I mean, this was basically the Grand National. But better. Yeah, in a TA. Well, and that's, that's hard to top. Yeah, and uh, I mean these cars. These were very attractive cars. Were good, and of course, white with the gold trim on them. And then they had, actually had the burgundy ones. They had black ones. Had the the gold mesh wheels. GTA is uh, mine was burgundy and it had the gold mesh wheels with uh, I think it was tan inside. It's you had the radio time. controls on the steering it, wheel. I did. <laughs> it did. That thing was nice. I mean that was that was like Starship Enterprise kind of stuff <laughs> for the '80s. And these were, like I said, these were very impressive cars. You got a five-speed three hundred five tune port. Thing was quick. They would run. It would eat a five-liter Mustang alive, stock. Well, I, you know, I think it's safe to say, and now the Fox Buys have become a, a bit more desirable, obviously. But in that time, I think your Camaro just ruled the roost. The Camaro ruled the roost, but I'm going to tell you something. Those Pony Boys are pretty sneaky, and the aftermarket really came on strong. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I won't argue that for a minute, but when uh, they first, right out of the box. Is well, when they first came out... That was when they got them. Stock form, yes, the Camaro had it. But just with a few tweaks, and you can have that roller 302 jumping back at the oh, 305s yeah. and the 350s. 410 gears and some Flowmasters. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Off-road H-pipe on your on-road Mustang. <laughs> that's that's a starter kit right there, buddy. Underdrive pulleys, God dim headlights, slow starting. <laughs> Gotta love it. I got them underdrive pulleys. I needed that extra three horsepower I'm making. What, three if it was tuned properly? I don't tune pro- Three on ideal conditions. <laughs> the, uh, the only thing I've ever seen underdrive pulleys do is just make it hard to start your car. And, you, and see at night. They, yeah, and see at night. They really are only beneficial if you're producing high horsepower on a no longer naturally aspirated engine. Well, I don't know. I, I just all I know is they suck. <laughs> They're horrible, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they were cheap, so we all had them. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, they were horrible. But then, so but I mean, you got to think about it. 1986 when Ford went to fuel injection, which they were kind of behind the eight ball, or you know, kind of behind in the times, totally with this. I mean, they were rocking a carburetor all the way in 1985. And I remember, and Richard even brought it up first, though, that the carburetor Mustang, like, the Mustang guys had a conniption fit when they went to EFI. Yeah, um, it actually worked out pretty good for Ford, though, I hear. Yeah, I heard that fuel injection thing's kind of paying off, you know? I mean, it wasn't a bad move. Well, and, you know, with the EFI, and then, like I said, as soon as the aftermarket started jumping on there, it started making a lot of aftermarket parts. And a roller motor, a 302 roller motor is an awesome platform. I mean, there's cars, there's guys making 650, 700 horsepower on stock bottom end 302s with yeah. a lot of boost. And the sound they make. 
They that iconic sound, and that's the thing. Ford hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, I mean, even to this day, you can tell a Mustang going down the road. You can hear it. Oh, you can pick a three hundred two Mustang out all day long. Mm-hmm. Funniest Mustang story ever, and Richard probably knows this one too. There used to be a guy cruising up and down Wade Anton Boulevard. And it was so funny. He had a uh, Fox Body Mustang. This is back in our high school days, and. And I worked at a local parts house and used to come in there. And the only reason I knew it is, you know, I've been around the block a little bit. So it took a little more to fool me with one than the other. And he had a good sound in 302 in his Mustang. His Mustang just had a little harder hit to it than everybody's. And his Mustang was a little faster than everybody's. And it was so funny, he took his fuel injection off and he put him a carburetor on his. That was a common thing. I mean, the Mustang people fought fuel injection. I remember 93s people, you know, back in the late 90s when we were drag racing, still got people taking the fuel injection off and putting a carburetor on. But the reason they took the fuel injection off this Mustang, though, is his 302 intake wouldn't fit his because it had a 351 in it. (laughs) It was a 351 Windsor truck motor in it. But the thing that was crazy about this 351 is the 351 and the 302, in looking at them, is virtually the same engine. But actually, the deck height on a 302 is about two inches wider than a 302. You could sit them beside each other with the intakes off, and you'd be hard-pressed to tell them apart. But they didn't make a fuel injection intake that would bolt onto it, other than a truck intake. So he Which put a car garbage. <laughs> yeah, and well, and I mean, and this was, I mean, yeah, think about it. You know, more cubic inches, more displacement. I mean, I'm sure it was bored out. I don't know the details of it. But uh, you had a lot of guys doing that with these cars. Um you know, and like I said, the 302, though, is a great platform. I mean, there's people that still drag race 302s to this day. I would I would dare say, you know, stepping apart the Coyote motor that was a recent release, um, the 302 is probably, performance-wise, one of Ford's best motors. I would say probably, by far, one of their best motors. Yeah. yeah all, I mean, all around best motor. Oh, all yeah. All the way around. Well, speaking of all the way around, it's time to take another commercial break that we gotta get around well they just keep coming around every 10 minutes or so it's crazy i know it's like it's timed out or something all right guys stay tuned we got a lot more between the camaro and the mustang on hot rods and happy hour right here on 1063 word all right guys welcome back to hot rods and happy hours rob pitts odd rod what's happening dude man i'm hanging out we got richard hoskins in the studio richard what's up what's happening what's happening (laughs) what's happening i like that delay like what's up yeah What's happening? What's happening? Uh, but we're talking the Mustang versus the Camaro, mm-hmm. and we're 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 in the uh, well, late eighties now. Can I can I get a miniature soapbox real quick though? While you we're drag in the your soapbox up. All right, it's a little one. There you go. Um, this is when I actually started hating, and yes, for those who don't know me that well, I am not a fan of a Camaro nor a Mustang. Just not a fan. This is really why, is because of all the engine options that came out during these generations of these cars. You know, your four-cylinder cars, your V6 cars, and I know there was a straight six back in the day. But to me, they mass-produced them so much during this time, it just kind of killed the value and the shocking shocking wow factor of these cars. You know, about producing four-cylinders and V6 versions? Yeah, there was just so many of them that flooded. I mean, nowadays it's not really that big a deal because we just swap them all anyhow. But that's when I mean you see a you know a nice Camaro rolling down the road, then you realize ah it's a V six. You know why they did that? Oh yeah, because they like making money. I'm not because you know, they sell. Yeah, I, and I understand that. That's just that was a turnoff for me with these cars. 
they that, look the same. Yeah, they just, well, they, yeah, they look the same. I mean, what's like now, like a V six Challenger. Yeah, you know what? I think they do a better job nowadays about upfitting your V8 cars. I can't tell the difference between a V6 Camaro and a V8 Camaro anymore. I I can just by looking at them. Badging is usually a dead giveaway. Other than that, other than a small badging, wheels and exhaust usually. You can get deluxe wheels on a V6. You can, but it's not often. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, and and that's why still to this day I don't like the cars. Just because of that, I, I I get what you're saying. You see three thousand V6s go by, so then when that one V8 comes by, it still looks like the V6 that just went by. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see a truck, and you know that nine out of ten of them are V8 powered trucks. You don't. Re- it's kind of a, a rare thing to see a V6 truck rolling around. When Actually, tra- there's a well, lot of V6 trucks. When you're speaking of now. like Silverados and things like so, that, there's a lot of V6 Silverados rolling around in the more recent years. Like I said, there's a lot of V6 Silverados rolling around in the more recent years, though. I'm talking about like when I just bought my truck. There's a lot of V6. Yeah, yeah, Silverados yeah. That's what I'm saying. In, in the more recent years, what I'm saying is there's more V6 Camaros running around than there are V8 ones. Oh, by far, because they sell because they're cheaper. I know. I I just don't like it. You had a V6 Camaro. I know, and I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. And, you know, the the point of that was to V8 swap it. I understand what you're saying. The the base car is kind of cheap in the... the Well, I mean, you can upscale your... I'm not saying it's a cheap car. It's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to see this muscle car pony car this muscle car go down the road and you're like yeah it's just lackluster that's another thing that drives me crazy when they call a mustang a muscle car or they call a camaro a muscle car they're not not they're not they're pony cars but they're muscle cars now only because that's what everybody calls you're right they're pony cars they were never meant to be muscle cars it's like calling the corvette a muscle car well oh god that drives me insane. Well, while we're off on a tangent here, I mean, it's like mini truck. Now that covers anything. If you lower a full size Silverado, it's a mini truck now. No, no, it's not. That's dumb. But I'm it's sorry. the truth. It's the. I blame the Tide Pods. I blame Tide Pods too. But you're, anyhow, you're, you're, you're a laundry detergent. Ever. Ever? <laughs> ah, I was more of an extra guy, but yeah. It's been some pretty wild nights. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, we're talking about the Mustang. Like I said, the Mustang came out swinging, especially with the aftermarket. And as, as the Mustang progressed through the Fox Body years, the aftermarket came in. These cars got faster and faster, and they got a lot more popular, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I would say this is when they started gaining some heavy popularity as well. They did. They got very, very popular. Um, the fuel injection, the fuel injection over the years. The one thing that really boggles my mind about Mustangs is crazy. They had to add airbags to them in '91. Wasn't that right? Yeah, '91. '90 f- actually. '91 was the first year for the pony wheels. Yeah, '90 was the only year with the turbines. And Sixteen inch turbine wheels and airbag. But when you got an airbag, they lost tilt wheel. Yeah. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was the ugliest steering wheel ever put in an automobile. Well, it was the same airbag that was in a pickup truck. And everything else that Ford made. Yeah, the Taurus <laughs> had the same airbag. The yeah, it had the same airbag in it. Well, that's, you know, low cost on reproduction. You just yeah, make the I same mean, one for like, I need an airbag for a Mustang. Well, we're out of those, but we got it for a pickup truck. Here, use this one. I mean... On the bright side, though, ordering an aftermarket wheel for a Ford in the 90s is pretty easy to do. What do you mean, aftermarket steering wheel? Yeah. Actually, it's not very easy to do because the airbag cars, 
they didn't make adapters for them. And I'll tell you ah. why they didn't make adapters. One was the safety protocol for this. I bought, I'll never forget, I bought a 92 LX. And I had an airbag steering wheel, but it had a GT Grant steering wheel on it. I got the perfect leather-wrapped factory steering wheel with the airbag that came with it. And it had a GT Grant steering wheel. Typical backyard install. You know, steering wheel's 20 degrees off. <laughs> You know, so like the GT Grant, they turned it straight, the horn button. Uh, horn but the steering wheel, yeah, no, of course the horn don't work. And, and, and it's like, it so drove me crazy. They drove an adapter for a Bronco 2 onto the steering column. They, they ruined the steering shaft in this column. And I will never forget things I'm not proud of. And the man that bought this car for me, I apologize. I am sorry. And I've gotten right with the Lord since then. <laughs> And I think statute of limitations on any kind of lawsuit I could get for this, but I won't, I'm ashamed to admit the lo, the levels of Loctite and JB Weld I put <laughs> to make that steering wheel stay. <laughs> I put the I, when, I, when we put I, when I put the nut on the on the shaft and tightened it down. I had about two threads holding. <laughs> oh God! The rest was just red Loctite. Oh my God! Stuck, <laughs> the, stuck the airbag over it and called it a day. Don't worry, that man's not listening. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> no, he's probably not living anymore. <laughs> he's no longer with us. <laughs> Heard he had a wreck, lost control. That's crazy. <laughs> Ever have a steering wheel come off when you're driving? I've never experienced that. That is one of the scariest things that will ever happen. And this I, sounds like a man of experience. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I imagine Mustang. I imagine there's ironically a Mustang. I, I imagine there's a moment of just sheer and utter fear. Rob, did you ever own my Mustang? No. <laughs> Did you put the steering wheel on my Mustang? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, tell you what. Uh, we're talking about the Camaros and the Mustangs, and, we're, and you know, a lot of fun stories with these cars. But that's the beauty part of these cars is everybody has a Mustang or a Camaro story or both. Uh, yeah, I've owned, uh, oddly enough, a 91 LX car. I mean, everybody's had everybody's had, a, everybody's had a Mustang. Red on red. A red on red. Porn st- red. Yeah, porn star red interior. Kind of yeah. like my pace car. <laughs> it's got, got the same thing going. I hated that little red crush velvety. Yeah, Oof. that's exactly what it was, too. Oh, like in the summertime, your back would be sweating sitting in it. <laughs> Those are strange times. <laughs> Very strange times. Your white shirt would be dyed red slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Those are bloodstains, Robert. That, the seats well, don't do that. Well, <laughs> All right, guys. It was guys. a Mustang, and there were crowds. So. <laughs> we got to take a commercial break, guys. Stay tuned. We got a lot more between the Camaro and the Mustang right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On uh, 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. Rob Pitts, Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? Man, I tell you what's happening. I'm over here, got Richard. He's chomping at the bit. At the bit. At the bit. At the bit. Do you know why he's chomping at the bit? Why's that? Because he's so excited because we're talking about Mustangs versus the Camaros. Mmm, I don't even think this is any comparison. And see, now we're getting into the fun years. We're getting into our high school days. Yes, sir. Now, keep in mind, I'm riding both sides of the fence on this. Your high school days, my tricycle days. <laughs> this is all happening at the same time. Me and Richard were in high school, I and was Robert on training was sucking wheels. his thumb still, which that was just last week. But you know what I'm saying. When it started. So, anyway, long story short, we are a, talking about the Battle of the Mustangs and Camaro. This has been rocking since 1967 and hasn't slowed down. Well, it did slow down for a little while. We're getting to that. But this is the fun time. Had the new, I remember Hot Rod Magazine did a huge write up on the SN95 Mustang when it came out. Mm, the Barbie car? 
No, it's not the Barbie car anymore. Actually, actually, they did have a Barbie car. There was they had a Barbie Corvette too. You know something they didn't have a Barbie Capri station wagon. <laughs> That's because men drive it. You no, get what I'm that saying. Means Ken would never come around. I promise you. <laughs> but this is the thing: the, these cars were very good looking cars. And I want to tell you something: the SN95 gets a bad rap. It doesn't get the respect it deserves. The Fox Body Mustang four lug drum brakes was my biggest problem with it. Now the only five lug. Was the SVO mm-hmm. and a '93 Cobra R? That's right. And there were the only four-wheel disc brake cars too, in the Fox body from the factory. Now, your Camaros were all five lug. SN95, 1994, still had the five-liter roller motor, four-wheel disc brakes, five lug from the factory. A little bit bigger car. I think it was a very stylish car. I think it was a better built car than the Fox body Mustang. I think they've aged well. I mean, really, overall, it's a better car. I think the only reason they kind of get a bad rap is because people were kind of disappointed that they weren't faster than the car that they replaced. No, they weren't. I mean, it was it's the same power plant. They just they brought it over. The only thing that really changed in 1994 was the automatic transmission in these cars. Here's how I look at the SN95. They went to the, they went to the automatic, electronic automatic transmission. They had an AOD, an automatic overdrive. Then they had the AODE. Here's how I look at the SN95 cars. They upgraded everything they should have done to the Fox body, but put it in a much uglier package, yet paved the way for what's the model right after the SN95? Well, the reason they got rid Yeah, the, the new, new age. Edge. Well, the reason they did that is these cars, the 4.6 would never fit in a Fox body size Mustang. It fits in an SN95. Right. They were preparing for the 281 or the 4.6. And that's why they went to that new body style. And me personally, that's probably one of my favorite body style Mustangs ever made. I had two of them. I loved them. They've aged well. And they're they're good looking cars. They're attractive cars. They look great fixed up too. Not to get ahead. A little heavier than the Fox bodies too. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but I think in that look for the Mustang, the O three Cobra is by far my favorite. See, I mean it's, that's the new edge mode. We're we're stepping up a body style already. But in 1994, they had some stiff competition. That 215 horsepower Mustang, she couldn't handle that 285 horsepower from the LT1. Actually, came out in 1993, 92, seen first in the Corvette. The LT1 was a great engine, and Odd Rod's going to fight me tooth and nail on this every step of the way. I think Richard's probably going to see the light on my end of it. The LT1, if it wasn't for the LT1, there would be no LS1. No, see, I actually agree with you on and that. And LT1 is a great engine. LT1 is a great power plant. Now, it did have its quirks. The man decided to put the distributor directly under the water pump <laughs> was probably not the best idea in the world. But, you know, there's but, a, there's an easy fix for that. You can put is, a hardline tube on it and redirect the water if ever it were to leak and save your opti. What would you do if you drove your car to the car wash? You can't put a hardline tube on that. You know, I've drove mine through the through the car wash numerous times, and I've had a couple LT1 motors. I've never in my life had an issue. It happens. I've heard of it. I've never seen it personally. These things, and it happens. And, you know, of course, the optic spark. But once you get past that, the LT1 was a great engine. It was a powerful motor. Well, you told me there's a cheap fix for the optic spark. Uh, back in the day, the reason they got a bad rap is when it happened, and it would happen. It was like sixteen hundred bucks to replace it. Yeah. Well, the, and there again, the aftermarket steps up. To, but I mean, and now you could buy a Delco OptiSpark for 
$129 probably. Yeah, or you can do the uh, crossover conversion kit and just leave a dummy Opti in there and actually run LS coil packs on them. Yeah, you can actually run LT1 off coil packs. But an LT1, like I said, is a great engine. It's a great performing engine. You know, another thing that was cool about the LT1s, of course, you know, I mean, th- this was just everything was brand new with these. But in 1996, and you had them in your SS Camaros and then the 96 Corvettes was the LT4. Definitely the six-speed Corvettes were, um, right. I think SLP was the only people that actually put the LT4 in the Camaro, in the 30th anniversary cars. I thought the 97. 90, 97, 97 the I don't know if it was factory. I know SLP was not, not in the Camaro, not in the Camaro. But, yeah, they made them. Yeah. But, I mean, these, and they were bad. Yeah, and then I mean, then you had the SS Camaro. They had the Hurst shifter in them from the factory. They were pushing out what three, three hundred five, three hundred five, three fifteen, something like that. Very impressive car. Got an extremely funny story. I was a Mustang kid in high school. My dad's always been diehard GM. Good people. My dad had a nineteen ninety seven SS Camaro. It was polo green with tan leather guts, and you know what? It had those pretty taillights that they put. You know, that, that was the last generation of those taillights. You know, right before 02 when they quit. You know why I know so much about those taillights? Because he ate my 4.6's ass alive every day. <laughs> Leaving my house, we would drive down Wade Hampton Boulevard. Me and my father left at the same time. I had a black 4.6 automatic 96 Mustang. I was proud of it. It sounded good. It had Flowmasters on it. And after that, it sucked. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Not one time, not two times. I'm talking about how many days you go to school a year? Well, 160 uh, something? something. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 180. 180. I want to tell you. 180 something times he outrun me. I tried rain, snow, sunny, cloudy, school bus in front of me. It don't matter. Wind blowing every direction possible. He would outrun me every time. And I'm not talking about he'd get a bumper on me or get a wheel on me. I'm talking about lengths on me. And it drove me insane, that green Camaro. And I learned right there that Ford was not the place for me to be. No, it's, it's a bad it place to be. It did. It, it ruined it for me. It, that's that's the Ford, Ford, Ford is a bad place to be. I'm just. And I mean, I mean, it was horrible. I mean, you know, and you know, most dads try to take it easy on their kid. You know what I mean? Be like, you know, at least let it be close, or let you win once or twice. Not my dad. Nope. I mean, just a slap in the face. I started every day like wow. that. I think he taught you some I valuable be, life I should lessons. be depressed. I used to think you were pretty grumpy in high school. Yeah, now you know why. If you got your ass whipped every day before you went to school, you'd be mad, too. I, I think it taught you some valuable life lessons, though. It did. It did. Parking forward, get you a GM, be a winner. You know, <laughs> Can't beat them, join them. That's what I'm screaming. But and, and that was the fun thing. But now, 1997, we're shifting gears. 97 was the first year for the LS1 engine. Oh, the LS1. LS1 is a very great power plant. 1998 was the first year in the Camaro. In 1998, Ford, or, well, 96, Ford switched to the 4.62 cam in the GT, which is what I had. And they were a good engine. They're a great motor far as longevity and drivability and they made decent power was it too still i think it was still 215 yeah two, yeah something like that and then they now you had your four cams and they did a little better yeah they were quick if you geared them they were, they could be pretty strong if and you put you could put like a 430 gear in one though because of the way the motor is just revved yeah the mod motor fords it took a long time for them to catch on Everybody hated them when they came out. Everybody's used to buying that $179 Motorsport B cam to go under 302. 
And you can't do that with a 4.6. A set of cams were only made by one guy, Sean Highland Motorsport, and they were $1,300, and it gave you like three more horsepower. <laughs> and it's, it's I mean, they were expensive to work on. Nobody knew nothing about them. I mean, they were a wider range. I mean, if you look at a 4.6, even a 2 cam, but a 4.6 4 cam, it looks like a 429 side oiler. These things are huge. Yeah, they are. They're massive. And, uh, I mean, they're fender well to fender well. You imagine putting headers on a 4.6. No. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. I, one of the funniest uh, Mustangs. Hell, out of the box. Can you imagine changing spark plugs on a 4.6? Well, that's nothing. They're right in the top. They're well, easy, yeah, yeah, valid, valid point, yep. But the times are going to be changing for the 4.6 here soon. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Because the 4.6, you know, it was growing. The aftermarket started coming out with more and more parts for these engines. And people started, I mean, honestly, 5-liter Mustangs were getting a little hard to find. 5-liters are a little mm-hmm. scarce now. Find me a good 302 to build. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they all went around a circle track somewhere. Well, I mean, well, they didn't really use 302s as a circle track at all, actually. Well, I'm talking about the car that came in. Well, yeah, well, I mean, but just good builder motors because we're getting blown up. Right. It's like finding me a good T5 transmission. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they, they ever made, made one. one. But, yeah, uh, exactly. But, you know, we got a lot going on. But, like I said, well, the story's not over with on the 4.6, and the tables are going to turn to our boys at the Blue Oval. Stay tuned. We're talking about Camaros and Mustangs right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. It's Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Richard Hoskins. What's going on upstate? That's right. We got Richard Hoskins, the Hot Rods and Happy Hour financial analyst and numbers guy. And we're talking about the battle between the Camaro and the Mustang. And the big reason why I brought Richard in here is because Richard's had Camaros. He's had Mustangs. He's had those life experiences. We've been on both sides of the fight. I think we all have it. This this is pretty cool. I think we all have it. I mean, it we fun. all have. And, and that's the reason I wanted to bring Richard back in here. And it's been a lot of fun talking about it. Yes, it But has. I'm going to tell you something. This is a sad time for my bow tie boys over here. Mm-hmm. 2002 was last year for the Camaro. Was and it sad or no? Yes, it was sad. Because, I mean, the Catfish Camaro, that was a sexy beast. You know what? Here Here's an interesting thought to put in your mind. Okay. What would the 5th Gen Camaro look like had they continued in 03 and there been a generation of Camaro in between what we know as the 5th Gen and the 4th Gen now? That's like deep, dude. I don't don't know. I'm just... I need a couple days. There's just some things you just don't talk about. It wouldn't look anything like the 5th Gen. No, it wouldn't. Well, I wonder would it still have Vega taillights? (laughs) Yeah. That was my worst complaint. The rest of the car was pretty decent. It, it, it was like the Thunderbird when it came out, the recreation. I mean, it's kind of looks like it, but it's not. It looks like an Audi TT and a 57 T-Bird made a baby. <laughs> but the Camaro was like, you know, it's chiseled out of rock by somebody that's not real good at chiseling. When, 69 Camaro. When did the Camaro come back again? 2010. 2010. Okay, so, so Ford had eight years or seven years of basically no competition at all in the in in any any class in the pony cars, really at Be, all. And what's funny is it took to what O three for him to catch up to the to the Camaro. Now, and this was with the Terminator. That was the Cobra. That was the four valve supercharged Mustang. That was the car that started the horsepower wars that we have today. I mean, when they started supercharging them, all bets were off. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. They threw a power adder on there. I mean, you got a you got an Eaton supercharger on there now, a and bread the, box sitting on top of the motor. The Terminator to this day is a very, very highly desirable Mustang. 
Well, it is. And, and I think it always will internals be. in it. They're tough cars. Oh, yeah. And they hold their value well, too. But, you know, keep in mind, through the years, the three-valve four-six, which was a good engine. And then they moved in. Well, now we're going into the 05. And, and to me, probably one of the pretty prettier of the new body styles, in my opinion, Mustang, they made. Yeah, it's a pretty car. Very pretty car. It's a good, good car. looking car. A good looking throwback car yeah. to the to the to the fastbacks of the early sixties or mid sixties. I honestly think Ford knocked it out of the park with that car. I think they done probably the best job. And they it. brought the cool colors back too. To, to me, everyone else just followed suit. They set the pace. They done it. They did set the pace with it. They're getting a little wompy with it though. Every year now they're getting stretched out. Well, hell, have you seen a Camaro lately? Yeah, the Camaro. It's kind of crazy too, but. So my beef with the Camaro, right, well, not to get too far ahead, my beef with the Camaro when it was right out of the box is it looked like a Hot Wheels car. Well, that's kind of cool. And there we go. Yeah. They even have a Hot Wheels edition car. Yeah, well, you know, follow suit. But well, SEMA, they had a Hot Wheels track set up, a life-size one, with <laughs> yeah. real Camaros on it. Yeah. But this is the thing that's cool is in 2010, Chevrolet didn't miss a beat. When they came out of the box, slapped the Mustang right in the face. Yes. I mean, instantly. Big horsepower. These cars rocked. The V6s were making 300 horsepower. The V8s making great horsepower. Then you've got Ford stepping up the bat. Now their V6. 305s. Yeah. And then, well, now they got an EcoBoost four cylinder in these things. Yeah, it's in the threes, is it not? It's, it is, and it's a tune away from low 12s. Those things are fast. I mean, could you realize that how far, like, Oh, no matter how far we go ahead, we take steps back. Do I remember a certain 2.3 turbo that was all the rage? And, I mean, now that's the new thing. And then, of course, you got the 5-liter Coyote motor, which is for – Coyote is like slang for Ford LS. Yeah. Because they put them in everything. But you know what? They're amazing motors. They really are. They are good motors. I don't know if they'll stand the test of time like I, the LS will. I think their price point's a little high right now. They are, but they're going down. They're coming down in price because, well, I mean, now they're putting them in all the pickups and all that stuff, too. Right, right. But, I mean, that's a very cool power plant. Of course, the aftermarket It looks good, in. too. The aftermarket really didn't, you know, they made a lot of stuff for the 4.6 over the mm. years, but they're making tons of things for the Coyote. Well, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's a good-looking motor. Like, it presents itself well under the hood, too. It does present. It is a good-looking. It looks like an LS. Yeah, I mean, well, honestly, yeah. I mean, you could take an LS. It was so funny. This is a true story, guys. Carcraft Magazine did an article, and they went. They used to have these events called Fun Ford Weekend. Richard knows what Fun Ford Weekend sure is. Sure do. You don't because they didn't have daycare, so you wouldn't have been there. I've heard of it. But anyway, long story short, they had Fun Ford Weekend. Well, it was all drag racing and all Ford car show. It was all Mustangs drag racing. And they had different classes. Well, they had this one class that was the hot class. It's called True Street. True Street, what you had to do is you had to take your Ford Mustang, whether it be a Fox Body or an SN95 or whatever, and you had to get in your car, you had to drive it on a 50-mile cruise, so, Yeah, a 50-mile cruise, you pulled back into the return road, and when this is the one I'm talking about actually happened at Commerce, Atlanta Dragway, they pulled up now, and CarCraft entered their own Mustang. Well, there's one rule to this. The car has to be inspected, has to be tagged and insured. But once you pull back into staging lanes, you can't put no more gas in it. You can't open the hood. You can't adjust anything. You can shut your car off, but if it don't crank, you're out of luck. You can't open the hood. So that was the only thing. And you run three rounds, round robin, and then they take your best run, the average, 
and that's where you rank in True Street. That class was so desirable and so spot on. I mean, these five-liter Mustangs were flying. Carcraft built one. Mm-hmm. It was a white LX. They uh, they got through inspection with it, and they told them that this car was being built and it's being covered by Carcraft. And they told them, you know, and they said that, that it does meet all criteria and all safety regulations, but they're not going to open the hood and they're not going to show anybody anything mechanically on this car. They let them right on through. Nobody knew they were from Carcraft magazine. There's photographers everywhere. There's cameras everywhere. So they blended in pretty good. They run the car. I'd be damned if they won it. And then they opened the hood. Mm-hmm. It had an LS in it. Yes. They killed it with a Chevrolet LS at an all-Ford event. And now there's no more fun Ford weekend. <laughs> yeah, and needless to say, no Carcraft magazine either. Go figure. But, uh, oh, I have a joke for this, but I think I have to save that for off the air. Yeah, probably do. But the, you talk about the disappointment. Like, they're cheering him on, and he opens the hood, and they just walk away. Everybody they, But that's how they unveiled it. Like, they had, like, the trophy, and they, had to, and they popped the hood on this car and just walked off. Wait a minute. His, know, his distributor ain't in the front. Do you Heck, know, it don't even have one. Do you know how many people probably just absolutely lost their minds? Oh, God. I mean, heads were exploding in Georgia that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Oh, that's insane. And, I mean, this this was the fun stuff they did back in the day, though. And like I said, now, though, they got the 5-liter Coyotes, and the, that Coyote's a hell of an engine. And they're making some superpower of those. And the EcoBoost four-cylinders is nipping at its heels out of the box. Well, even now, Camaro's got a turbo four that they come out with. Same engine that's in my car, and they yeah. run pretty good. In the ATS Cadillac. Those things, I want to tell you something. You know, it used to, you know, there was no replacement for displacement. That's changing. That rule, and, and, I, and I'm not one to admit that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm kind of old school. But I'm kind of I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the line. Well, you know, it was funny when the Honda scene picked up real hardcore. Everybody's talking about how great a four cylinder was, how great a four cylinder was, and all of us V8 guys were like, "No, you can never do this with a four cylinder." Now the technology's caught up, and you actually can do this with a four cylinder. I tell you one thing: you can't do with a four cylinder is make that V8 sound though. No, no. Now, if you can make a four cylinder do that, sold. <laughs> Save gas mileage, still sound good, and make decent power. Shoot, yeah. I mean, that's insane. That's insane. But I tell you what, guys, I tell you what else is insane, too. We're running out of time. Can you believe we've been talking two hours about Mustangs and Camaros? And still really haven't got through all of it. No, we haven't. We just scratched at the surface. Guys, I tell you what, everybody's got their favorite Mustang or Camaro story shared on the Hot Rods and Happy Hour page. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to us. Go back and listen to some old shows. You might learn something. Or not. Or you might find something you want to correct us on. (laughs) All right, guys. It's been real and it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. Y'all stay tuned until next week. That's right, guys. Thanks for listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.